cause I got butt now. Always going for it, never pump fourth down. Last call, hell, Mary Prescott, touchdown, eh? Hundred bands in my pocket, it's on me. Hundred deep when I roll like the army. Get my bottles, these bottles are lonely. It's a moment when I show up, got I'm saying why. I'm about to get my bands in my pocket, it's on me. Hi, is this WQAQ? No, this is Patrick. Hey, is this WQAQ? No, this is Patrick. Hey, uh, is this WQAQ? No, this is Patrick! If you actually want to get in touch with us, give us a call at 203-582-5555. We're WQAQ, 98.1 FM. Of a night, so we can do whatever you like. Hey, hey, it took me all day to find some inspiration. It just hit me like a ton of bricks, no renovation. Problem with the game, that nah, ain't no innovation. I see my doll in your we call that imitation. And they say that's flattering, but I ain't flat. So we had a lot of meme references in the lead up to our show here. Do we? I would say so. I mean, I think uh, the, the, the top of the hour that we have to play. Per, oh, well, per FCC regulations, the the Patrick SpongeBob. No, this is Patrick. No, <laughs> this is Patrick. Well, like I wouldn't Which call one? it. I, I wouldn't call it a meme. It's more just a well, a, it, a, it, a, a, an old joke being revived. Yeah, but it's like a it's like a vine. You know, I I think of memes like some people like my mom thinks of memes as like pictures with captions, <laughs> and like and they're like ironic captions. Well, I think that's of so memes. 90s. I <laughs> I think of memes as like that's funny. I think of memes as vines, old vines that ah. I used to watch. Road work ahead. Oh, yeah, I okay, sure yeah. hope it does. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, the the culture shift in terms of memes. I, I think now, I think uh, they're not really memes, but like TikToks have kind of become the the new kind of meme. I guess you could say people are oh, now yeah. trying to do dances and. I don't I, think that's memes though. I think that's people trying to trying to be good dancers and they're just not good dancers. Well, t total sidebar, I'm perplexed at the fact that you can get like TikTok famous and make like a crap ton of money. Yeah. L like I'm like for I'm real. blown away. Well, uh, you know that girl Sydney Reynolds? Yeah. Who um who who said what's your favorite celebrity interview moment? What was this? She's she she's the girl that went famous for uh, favorite celebrity interview moment. Dude, I don't Do you, you okay. I don't have TikTok, Jack. Okay, but you obviously have stupid. you have seen what is your favorite celebrity interview moment? Or no, what's I, your no, favorite? You really haven't ever seen Jack, that. I literally don't even watch reels on on Instagram. I, I hate everything that has to do with TikTok. See, like anybody me, who's ever had me for orientation can tell you that I have never liked it. I hate mean, it. TikTok so, has been around for the, one year since you were in orientation. The, fa later. the fact that I need to apply for jobs and people are like, "Oh, a requirement is TikTok." I'm like, dude, I don't want to do it. I mean, no, it's fair. <laughs> people have the reservation, but no, but Sydney Reynolds. Is the girl that was like, "What's your what's your favorite celebrity interview moment?" Why? You know where she goes to school? Here. Yeah. We saw her yesterday. Yeah, I know. But the fact that you've never heard her say that. No, I. I it was a first to me when she said, "Dude, yesterday during the open house." She's got over like twenty million likes on TikTok. Oh, wild. It's pretty crazy. She's got brand deals, my guy. She plugged it yesterday during the open house. Yeah, no, I know, and I and I did not know that. But off the cuff, favorite Vine. Oh God! Or, um, meme or meme reference. Kermit the Frog, when he uh, goes over the shoulder and, and sings uh, "I Don't Mind" by, uh, Shoddy, by, by Usher. That's a great song, by the way. Mind. Yeah. If you dance on a pole, I'll make you up. 
<laughs> Shoddy, I yeah, don't. exactly. So that's a good one. I off the cuff, my favorite vine might have to be uh, uh my name is Trey. I got a basketball <laughs> game tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm a point guard. LeBron James. Yeah, that, there that. are so many good ones. Uh, the the YouTube videos are endless. Uh, Dude, what, I used to like junior year of high school. I was just like really into like old old vines and things like that. I literally would just like lay in bed with my iPod Touch because I didn't have an iPhone back in the day, and uh, watch old vines. I'm waiting for when uh, we're in, like in our 30s and like, t- like telling our kids like vines, and they're like watching whatever new wave TikTok, whatever kind of trend is on at that point, and then I'll feel really old because oh I'm going to have no idea what's going on, but I'll try and be the cool dad and be like, yeah, I totally understand what's happening, and I'll try and do like TikTok, TikTok dances with my daughter. I don't know. Do you think I can see it happening? <laughs> I'll be that dad. Who, TikTok dances with your daughter. That's that's kind of weird, my guy. What? I, like you know, like you see the TikTok dances today. Some dad gets involved in that. That's a case. Yeah, no, but like, but Steve about to catch your case. No, no, but like, like you. <laughs> no, you see, like the uh, like the the girls and guys who get famous because like they feature their parents. So, on their, on their TikToks doing That's like fair. weird stuff. Like that'll be me. Hopefully, maybe. Not Addison really Ray's mom did WAP. <laughs> all right, that that I won't do. That yeah, that's I mean, too much. Look, do you, how long do you think TikTok has before it eventually succumbs well, like Vine did? Well, what Vine had what four years? Yeah, I want to say so. so. There you go. I'm gonna keep it the same time, the same timeline. Well, you remember you remember Trip Sanders, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in his class a year ago, he now, made TikToks. <laughs> he did not make TikToks. No, he in fact was very much against TikToks. Good. Uh, he smart guest. He made us go. He made us uh, do presentations on like social media companies. Like mm-hmm. you could pick Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, whatever. Uh, and uh, and I think my group did Vine. Okay. And I remember when we were researching the project, Vine had almost no reason to shut down. They had just been acquired by Twitter and uh, by the Twitter and Instagram group, or not the Instagram group, the Twitter and uh, Twitter owns. Is Twitter owned by Google? Maybe. I don't know, but they also got bought out by a major pornographic company. Did they really? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, for uh, for ad revenue. It was weird. I did a project on it. Oh, shoot. Almost lost my computer. We're chilling. No, nah, it was just like, it was like, it was like a, a very bizarre, it was a very, it was like just like very bizarre. Like Vine just kind of was like, nah, screw it. We don't feel like doing work anymore. And then Musical.ly, which was oh TikTok before TikTok. Before the uh, Chinese took it over and made it big? Yeah. Chinese took over. Uh, musically and made it TikTok. Yeah, like they literally—it's the same exact app, and like you'll see like old musically accounts that say, or you'll see like you'll see old 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 TikTok accounts that like still have musically in their bio. Yeah, I remember seeing ads for musically in like 2017. Yeah, no, my uh, my sister had it before TikTok, and then all of a sudden I saw like like Snapchat ads of. Like oh TikTok this TikTok that and I was like what is this? Yeah, but and, uh, you you had to like buy the subscription to Musically. Really? And I yeah, know that. I was like, it was like you had like five free like videos, five free sounds or something like that on Musically, and then you had to start buying sounds. <laughs> and I was like, this is so dumb. I'm never gonna get into this. Then I meet Shannon Flaherty, and it all goes out the door. And now I'm now I'm a TikTok addicted. Guru. So we're seven minutes into this cold open already. I didn't even Look, I think that. we're doing a great job. I like it. But there's sports news to get to. Barely. Yeah, yes. You know, Barely. Sl- slow news week doesn't necessarily m- mean much of what we're going to try and make the most of it. I, You know you know how every t- every week we say, you know, next week we'll try and get better? 
We might have to wait until next week. It, it's so hard to get better when there is nothing to really talk about. <laughs> but still, hey, no, no dog shows yet, so we're still on a high note. That's fair. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. You're listening to the Mac and Main Show. The soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Is this the tiger? The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. For those of you guys who don't know, we have been on a uh, on a 90s rap kick to intro in our shows, and Steve was like, hey, play me in real fast, and I was like, yeah, we usually don't do that after a cold open, but it's oh, cool. dude, it, <laughs> you, you need some Tupac in your life. That, that song came straight out of the uh, Madden like 10 soundtrack. That's awesome. You are listening to 98.1 WQAQFM, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. This is the Mac and Main Show. In the morning today, 10 a.m., uh, I want to give an update about how we uh, are delivering our episodes post show, and it is really uh, it is so still working on getting it directly on Spotify and iTunes. But if you go to Anchor.fm/slash Mac and Main, you will find every single show up to date, including an episode that I will be posting today at noon, an exclusive interview interview with Gabriella Colello. She's the girl who's leading the charge on the ninety dollar parking fee. Uh, charged a commuter student starting next year. We're going to get into that a little bit later, because we we do more than just banter about sports. We do. We we need to we need to expand our portfolio. Investigative journalism. Yeah, kind a of a little bit. Molly Anity would be proud. Should we <laughs> shout out Molly Anity real fast? Everyone, go take uh, JRN to whatever. What is her investigative journalism class? I have no idea. I took it last year. Listen, I loved it. I'm taking a class right now with her and uh, on critical issues in sports. We're learning about the. Uh, Capitalism like breeding into American sports and I'm and it's honestly been a an eye-opener like you don't realize uh, if you watch like a hockey game The Rangers I watched uh, a couple nights ago and you could see like behind the glass uh, behind the goalie there They've literally digital uh, digitalized a image of Chase Bank on the glass Mm-hmm so that it's just more room to make advertisements as if the boards weren't enough or you see like how how, how every single uh, game except for I'm pretty sure just the uh, Tennis tournaments and the big four majors in golf. Everything has like the the Allstate Sugar Bowl or the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, and you don't realize yeah. those things until there's literally an ad draped all over it. Or we're talking about it today in uh, in Chris's class with uh, Coke being the number one sponsor of the Olympics, and yep. and it's the official soft drink of the MLB. Or Wise Chips are the official snack of the Mets. Like it's all these weird yeah. uh, ads and everything. So really eye opening stuff. No, no, that that's a great point you bring up, Steve, because. You know, ad revenue is such an important part of sports, and more and more as we get older, we also are seeing more ads. Yeah. With the first time I really noticed it was when MLB decided to make it the World Series presented by Camping World, which I absolutely <laughs> hate because, first of all, WTF is Camping World. Second of all, I don't want it to be the World Series presented by Camping I want it to just be the World 
series. That's what it should be. The Super Bowl will never be the Super Bowl brought to you by Allstate. And look, people people aren't, aren't going to appreciate this as, as much as I will, but uh, this is why golf is superior, because you don't watch the Masters presented by Vizio. You watch the Masters. You watch the Masters. You don't, Although you, they you do, don't watch the U.S. Open sponsored by... Whatever wacky uh, but, American brand, but you they want. have their own branding methods. They they have the FedEx Cup. Well, yeah, they but, have the well, all right. But well, regular tournaments though. I'm talking like the Masters is basically the, is, is essentially well, the Masters is bigger than the FedEx Cup playoffs. It really isn't like that much of a a, a different. Really, the majors really make up what golf really is. People people aren't going to tune in for. They might turn tune in for the Northern Trust, which is which is a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, the FedEx Cup playoff, but it's the Masters. You're going to watch the Masters. You're going yeah. to watch the U.S. Open, uh, the PGA Championship. Those are the, the majors really are what makes golf great, and none of them are sponsored by anything. The second time I really noticed that ad revenue was taking over sports was when the NBA officially added ads to their jerseys. Oh, my God, yeah. Like the, the Celtics had the GE meatball. I actually really liked it at first because my dad worked for GE, uh, and and I, I was like, you know what? I'm a Celtics fan. Yeah. You know, like, I got to get a Jason Tatum jersey with the meatball on it. And then they just changed their sponsor this year because GE's losing money. And uh, There's some really bad sponsorships, though. Yeah. In those leagues. The Clippers are sponsored by a dating app. Oh, yeah, uh, Bumble. Bumble. They're sponsored by a dating app. And what I hate, too, is, is and I don't know if uh, if the Cavs are still associated, but the Cavs used to have on their sponsorship Quicken Loans. Well, that's their arena. It's their arena. And Dan Gilbert owns Quicken Loans. He founded it, and he owns the team. So it's like there's the 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 parody is is ridiculous. Yeah, and then there, there is no parody. And then also uh, when the Red Sox were in the postseason in 2018, um, they TBS carried the Red Sox all the way till the World Series, and every time there was a fly ball to center field, of course Fenway's got that green outfield, right? Like the all every wall in Fenway Park so, is green. So they just drape it with ads. Yeah, they Ridiculous. did. They just use it as a green screen. And so I'm trying to watch Jackie Bradley Jr. make, make a, rid- a ridiculous catch. Make a nice nice ass catch, but there's a bright pink T-Mobile ad <laughs> draped all over the center field wall at Fenway. It's so ugly. It's Come horrible. on, MLB, are you really that much of a sellout? Well, it no, just makes the, well, me mad. Man. Well, the MLB just sucks at, at everything marketing-wise. So at the very least, they're doing something right with getting some sort of funding. But yeah, but I don't want to watch a bright pink T-Mobile ad. It takes away from me watching the game. I agree. And and look, look it's never ads are always going to be a, a part of the game. We're, we're always going to have, have to deal with it. What I what I really hate is when you watch. Uh, well, you know, take t- the uh, Super Bowl as a prime example, or or I watched a NASCAR race begrudgingly. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. and you ever notice how they'll they'll minimize the game on and like middle middle of the first quarter, the game really isn't important. Second down from like the team's own thirty, and they'll put a they'll minimize the screen, put it like twenty five five percent, and then seventy five percent you're gonna get, ha- have the gunmetal background. It's gonna play the Home Depot music and give you an ad. And it's like oh like now back to your scheduled programming. It's like a, it, it's so ridiculous how over the top these these companies are trying to get with their ads. Yeah, to the point that they will literally minimize the screen during during a play, and right? They will, yeah, they'll try and <laughs> it's like, well, we have a break going. in the action. Let's take a thirty second exactly. break to sponsor, and it's like, go to the go to Home Depot to it's buy your home next Depot. home improvement project, and it's freaking Baker Mayfield throwing a dime to Jarvis Landry, and we just missed it because Home Depot was more important. You know th- that analogy kind of sucks because you usually never see that anyways. No, it, that's not true. No, they you were see, in the playoffs. No, all right, cool. You you see it for one game, and that's probably all right. But it. look, the point being, I, you know what? You go look. The Browns had some nifty plays this past they did. year. Oh. They did. 
I'll give it to them. All yeah, right. Hey, look, they made, they made the playoffs, but we are not concerning ourselves with the NFL because there's a lot of other there's a lot of other things in the NFL next week. Is the uh, is NFL free agency? So we're so we expect a, a big time guest to come on. Usually a a regular. We're gonna try and see who we can get on to talk. I wonder all, who that is. Uh, well, yeah, you know if you if you've been a listener of the show, you can probably guess who it is. Although I don't know if he's gonna be awake at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll see <laughs> if he's if he's even available <laughs> from the couch or from the uh, from the. Uh, this from, might have this might have to be a pre-recorded segment. It very well very well, well might be, but if I have we, to do another <laughs> Zoom interview with Pat Pitts, I am I might throw something at the wall because <laughs> I am sick and tired of sitting on an interview. Not that I don't like looking at Pat Pitts. But at some point, you know, I, I really do. I, I love the live radio aspect of what we do. I agree. And that's kind of taking a back seat to our online content, which is fine. You know, online content's the wave of the future. Also, but I, also, but the sitting down with you in a studio and talking sports, it's, is, nice. it's, it's what we're all about. Well, the problem is because, because of COVID, it kind of screws everything up. We can't have anybody here physically with us because there's only a two-person limit in the studio. Then there's, Which we're working on. Then we got to get people over the phone and, yeah. and time between... Uh, Getting to listen to people, so it's kind of a, it's a, a, it's a mute point. It's a mute point at this point. But yes, the NBA, the NBA. We have a lot of things to cover in the world of the NBA. We're going to start with, again, COVID being the center of attention in everyone's minds. The Toronto Raptors haven't played a game game in five days. They were scheduled for two games, uh, one against the uh, Clippers, I believe. Now I could be wrong. Sorry, the uh, uh, the the Pistons that. That game was ultimately canceled, and then another game just last night. They have seven coaches, including their head coach Nick Nurse, as well as uh, all-star center Pascal Siakam, all sidelined due to COVID. So the question begs to be answered. Will the NBA eventually turn to a bubble? This is really the only time this year that we've seen a, uh, a major COVID outbreak. We That's saw this, not true. but Well, a major one. The Celtics did have a struggle with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for about a week, but... They were they were they were swiftly back on the floor after only two games off, and the team still played the games. So this is really the first time that that game has been canceled uh, league wide because of some teams having these COVID issues. So will the NBA go to go to a go to a bubble? We we saw what they did with Disney; it was a huge success. Disney also also made so much money yeah. from uh, from it. So Jack, what do you think? I think they should go to a bubble. LeBron, Bring it back. yeah, I, look. Here's the thing. I was probably most excited about the NBA restart than I was about any other team because, A, the Celtics were good, and, and you know, I, I really enjoy watching Tatum and Brown play. But also, B, you know, like Kobe Kobe just died, and, you know, I, I love watching LeBron be really good. Yeah. And so I was just really excited to get back to the NBA. And, you know, there's nothing like watching – Freaking Dame Lillard just launched one from the logo, it's and great. it never gets old, man. Like you, like you, you go and you watch like dunk compilations from like Vince Carter, and you're like, yeah, you know, now we've seen Aaron Gordon do it. I've never seen a guy like Dame Lillard pull up from the logo consistently and oh, yeah. splash. Like I, those are the kinds of things that I missed, and I was really looking forward to when the NBA br- was brought back. The bubble was a huge success. It was the only bubble that was 
actually impenetrable by COVID. The because... bubble was by far the best thing. Well, their bubble was by far the best one out of all of them. Every, right. Everyone right. else had some sort of a problem. Well, some didn't even I mean, utilize them at the NFL and MLB. But... I mean, well, the, the MLB did have a they had they had a fake bubble. They had like For playoffs. A, yeah, they had like a we're gonna put the National League teams in Texas and we're gonna put the American League teams in in LA in LA and we're gonna have like one but one of the games is gonna be held in San Diego and the other games are gonna be held in you know Dodger Stadium. It didn't make any sense uh, to me, and and I, I think with the NBA, you know, home court advantage really isn't too too much of a of a problem. It's not like MLB where your home field actually gives you a competitive advantage. Well, it also doesn't even exist because fans aren't even in in, in seats for NBA no, games, anyways. But, no, I'm not saying I'm not even saying when there's when there's no fans. I'm saying in general, okay. you don't gain a competitive advantage when you are the home team in any sport other than baseball. I would disagree. No, because because in baseball you are impacted. Like the game is directly impacted by the fans or by 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 you being home or away. Jack, you're telling you're telling me fourth quarter in Golden State when they're down. Okay, down eight and come back to win. I'm that, not that talking the, about that. The fan though. base in the, in the biggest in the biggest NBA market in the last ten years isn't going to be affected. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that you will get a competitive advantage by getting the last at bat. Oh, okay. I'm not saying fans have anything to do with that. That's nothing to do with the fans. Okay. And the NBA, it doesn't matter if you're home or away. The court's the same length. The three-point line's the same distance. You know, yeah, the fans will be rattier for one team than they will for the other. But also, NBA players will tell you there's no better feeling than making, than making you know, fifty thousand Golden State fans shut up. And yeah. I, and Kawhi Leonard will be the first to tell you that. But in MLB, when you have a bubble, you know, you you know, yeah, you still have to have a home and away team, but. The fake, the fakeness of that MLB bubble, in my opinion, was just it was just too it was too bland. I think it was a good idea because they were able to get the new stadium in Texas uh, to to host the World Series. Uh, what I don't want to come from an MLB bubble is now a neutral site World Series every single year because that then in in the sense takes away the home field advantage. This past year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the first team. To host a Super Bowl and playing in it, yeah, right. And now we're talking about that. That was an unfair advantage for for the greatest of all time, and and for his team to to win a Super Bowl. Well, it's never happened before. You got it out of the way. You you can say do you, if you now you can make the the judgment if you ever want to have home field advantage in in a Super Bowl again, right? Yeah, but I think that that that, that whole issue is uh, again they had, they, they had limited fans. Just because you're the home team, a football field still is the same. The only difference that, that could be is turf versus grass. And anyways, it's a, it's, a, it's a turf field. So the only way that, a f- that, 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 that that the field of play makes a difference in the NFL is if it's grass because there's different kinds of grass and how it's maintained and stuff like that. Turf is yeah. turf. There isn't, there isn't any way around it. You're well, gonna, there's AstroTurf and then there's then there's. Turf. Yeah, but the, 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 yeah, but every single team uses, uses the same synthetic, same synthetic turf. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Because yes, they do. Not Toronto. Toronto uses like a in baseball now. In, no, in oh, football. in football, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because cer- certain conditions have to be all maintained the same way in baseball. Obviously, the, the, there is a difference in certain kinds of turf. Also, with with again the grass. But baseball is the only sport that really has a bubble a bubble um, advantage when you uh, well actually disadvantage a disadvantage because of the because of the home field and because of the parameter. Well, 
yeah, the home field in terms of you getting you you getting the last at bat, but also the actual field itself. Um, if, if you notice in Texas, they built the stadium because because Joey Gallo hits bombs to right field, so the right field fence is, is way shorter. If you if you ha- have a left-handed oriented team, take the Oakland A's for example with Matt Olson, you're going to hit a lot more to the right field side anyway. So it kind of is an un- it's an unfair advantage to a degree. That's the only thing with baseball that I feel like you might not be able to have a bubble at a neutral site. But the NFL and NBA, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be, a, be a problem. In terms of the NBA bubble, getting that to the topic here, they need to go back. Yeah, they do. Because first of all, it's making plenty of money for Disney. It's, making, it's, it's, it's growing an industry that's in need. You could also really, if you don't even want to go to Disney, you could really separate the bubble into multiple different sectors, re- regionalize it kind of like how, the, how um, March Madness is played. You regionalize it, and then you slowly break it down. And what you could do is you can have every two weeks – you're going to change uh, the section. So really, there's what? There's uh, eight teams that make it a piece. You might Are they going to extend, uh, extend the playoffs? For what? For the league? MLB? No, for the NBA. No. All right. And so, if they do, I will not watch the playoffs. All right. So what you could do is, technically, is you could regionalize it four teams in, uh, in, in sectors. You can go to the... To, to the northwest, the west, the east, wherever it happens to be, and then you all and then you all you all meet in the middle, as a tournament style, like always. You don't have to necessarily go to Disney. You could, it, considering it could hold 22 teams, you're only going to have 16 at this point. Or again, you might as well spread it out. If you could have fans in the arena, which there are some that are doing it, the Knicks, for example, uh, have recently opened up to have some fans in attendance. Good, it works out. But. If you're gonna end up regionalizing it, you might as well do it. If they do, if they do allow fans, the bubble will work. So long as you can keep everyone contained in an area, you need sufficient ho- mm-hmm. sufficient hotel space, security, and so on. But the NBA certainly needs it because yeah. the Raptors also aren't even in Toronto; they're in Tampa because they because the, the the Canada government isn't allowing them to even play in Toronto, anyways. I think that the bubble is is necessary for. It has set a good example for the rest of professional sports in America, but also because it would make, yeah, it would make, I I really don't care about the whole Disney making money thing, but that's, that is a perk. Definitely. Because the movie industry is, is tanking and Disney's a big part of that. But at the end of the day, the, the money will still be flowing in for the NBA more so than it would be for any other league in, yeah. in America. So uh, for the NBA, they really don't lose a whole lot. They still have the same viewership, more or less. They still have, you know, they still have the same competitive nature. The only thing that I miss about NBA is, and, and you brought you alluded to it earlier when, you know, when it's fourth quarter crunch time at Golden State, Steph Curry pulls up from, you know, 30 feet out, splashes it, and then he does his crazy, you know, jumping around, yeah. you know, throws his threes in the air and fires his mouthpiece and does the wiggly, wiggly. I mean, look, that just gets you going. Like when Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron James 2018 playoffs, I can't tell you how hype my room was that year. Well, also, oh I, my God! I'd argue though that even in the bubble, you still kind of get that because you, you, you don't you, you don't get it as much though. Well, you, you don't hear the noise, but I think I think it was kind of cool that uh, when they had the bubble, they had the uh, the Zoom calls that you could like like be a special guest, and people people would go nuts. I but it's not like being at the arena. Like I remember Jason Tatum a few years back hit a game winner against the Knicks, uh, and then he's running down the sideline. Paul Pierce, who's in a suit broadcasting the game for ESPN stands up and gives him a big time high five and it became like a one of the most famous pictures in Celtics history. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing like when the players are playing to the to the feedback of the crowd, 
that makes the game more hype. That makes the game more entertaining. When Obi Toppin, not Obi Toppin, Obi Ananobli, yeah, he hit that game winner with 0.5 seconds remaining on the clock. That would that just looked like they were celebrating a game winner yeah. in game you know 50. You know, not game, not game five of the of the Eastern Conference semifinals. And look, uh, and uh, eventually we're going to be able to get back to that. It's, I, I it's, just, it's, it's I long, time. I long for that, man. What I'm, what I find interesting and sorry to cut you off here. No, you're good. And I I want to relate this to the NHL and how they went to Lake Tahoe. What if they did outdoor basketball games? Oh, you, they, you've seen uh, college hoops. They did a a UNC Duke game on an aircraft carrier. That wasn't UNC. That was Michigan. Uni- oh, Michigan was State. Michigan? Michigan State. Yeah, I remember that right. because I was in, I believe I was in Cooperstown when that game happened. And Dick Vial called that game. Draymond Green played in that game. Oh, God. Uh, that's But, but like, stuff like that, you could have these outdoor games. You, you aren't going to be, be able to ha- have it at 1 o'clock because of sun glare. But if you have an outdoor arena and play some basketball in it, I, mm-hmm. I don't see see why you can't utilize, like, NFL stadiums. You could spread out, you could spread out fans. We see... Um, March Madness happening in um, at uh, AT and T in Dallas. Granted, it's a, it's a still an a uh, halfway indoor stadium because c- it has a revolving roof. Right, but you could definitely go with the, go the outdoor you outdoor guys route too. Practice in the bubble. I'm sorry. <laughs> what Jerry Jones? <laughs> um, no, a few years ago, Rob Gronkowski made fun of Jerry Jones for. The Cowboys, whenever it rains in Dallas, he's like, "You guys want to go practice in the bubble?" When Bill Belichick's like, yeah. "Rain, snow, sleet." Tornado, y'all practicing outside today. <laughs> All right, we got to move off the virus topic. So, yeah, tur- tur- turning to big news across the, across the NBA. We're gonna start in Houston. Big news. This is all big news, Steve. Come on, man. I need the energy. Victor Oladipo turned down a two-year okay. extension with the Houston Rockets. They've lost eleven in a row. Yeah, the Houston Rockets are, are an absolute shambles. They got rid of they got rid of Harden. We know what he's what he's doing in Brooklyn. Uh, they got John Wall in exchange for Russell Westbrook, which is by far the worst He's trade this team could have ever made. He's getting skinny. And now Victor Oladipo, who they acquired from the Pacers in the three-team trade with James Harden, he denied a two-year contract, doesn't even want to play in Houston. They've lost 11 straight games. They're in absolute shambles. They suck eggs. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> it's just, the, it's just Houston. <laughs> not care. you, not you. It's Houston. Uh, no, but honestly, we honestly at this, at this point, we, we don't care about Houston. And now they're... In second to last place, the only team they're better they're better than is the Timberwolves, and honestly, a piece of hot garbage is probably probably better than them at this point. Mm-hmm. So, how concerned should Houston be, dude? If I'm Houston, I'm I'm, I mean, it, it's a it's a bummer. It's it's a lost cause. You're not paying the you're paying the third biggest contract in NBA history, John Wall, who who honestly, John Wall at this at this point, he's been a shell of himself since since, since he played he played with Brad Beal. Everyone said, "Oh, John Wall really is the difference, the difference maker in Washington." He then leaves, and Bradley Beal shows us, "Nope, he was the guy in Washington, anyways." So now, you're stuck without your two stars. Your next best player is I can't even tell you who. PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. You got a bunch of old Austin Rivers. Uh, oh no, he's not even there anymore. Who? Austin Rivers? No, nah, he's, he's a Nick. Nah, yeah, he's not there. He's anymore. a Nick, and we're gonna we're actually going to get, get into the Knicks later. But well, now th- hang on a second. What? Vic, uh, John Wall is not a shell of himself. I gotta say, he's playing a he's averaging a career low in minutes, but he's coming off the Achilles injury. He's averaging twenty a game. He's diming up his teammates six times a game. I'm not saying that he's a shell of himself. He's he's shooting a career high in uh, in three point percentage, all in a career high in uh, two point percentage. 
but when and John, effective field goal percentage. But when John Wall is going to be the number one option for this team for the next three years, yeah, I can, wants to leave. I can tell that that's a problem. It, well, it's more than a problem considering when's the last time you when's the last time you've seen a point guard who's been the the focal point of an offense? Steph Curry. All right, John Wall can shoot threes. <laughs> uh, Kyrie Irving. Okay, again, a three point shooter. Every oh, po- okay, I see what you're every saying. point guard that you have. Mike Conley Dame isn't Lillard. leading the Jazz. Rudy Gobert's Rudy Gobert and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell are going to lead the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell's a three point shooter, and he's a point I, guard. I know, but one of no, well, a shooting guard. Luka. What a shooting guard. What I'm saying Luka's is, Luka's a point guard. He's playing pure point this year. He's an oversized point guard. He's still a point guard. Different story. Ben Simmons. I'll po- bet Joel point indeed. guards who are dimers and lead teams don't succeed. They need to have other abilities. For example. Shooting the deep ball. So Having, every everybody that I just mentioned is what you're saying. Yes, has to has that has that has that X factor other than being able to pass. Other than two point guards, John Wall and Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons is not isn't the focal point in, in Philly, but at the very least, he provides some sort of a defensive effort. Well, I mean, I mean, Russell Westbrook in OKC a few years back when he won MVP, he's not a good three point shooter, but he's, yeah, but but when you have a player like him and his and his usage rates are literally through the roof to the point that this man. He, there, there was a stretch that Russell Westbrook was responsible for every single point he was on the floor for in like a four-game stretch for the for OKC. Every point scored when he was on the floor. Well, he was responsible for something, whether it be an uh, assist, a, a, assist a, a pass leading to an assist, or a point. Like the guy's usage usage rates were the highest in NBA history for at one point. If it wasn't for James Harden's uh, MVP season. Yeah, so, no, I, I totally agree. You know, you need to have as a point guard, you need to have that ability. But to, John Wall wasn't that. He he's more he's not Russell Westbrook, but he's I would say he's budget Russell Westbrook in the in in his abilities, not in his and not in his pay rate. I think. I, but hang on, hang on a yeah, second, yeah. hang on. Good. With the fact that Houston has an organization that goes from MVP shooting guard, point guard James Harden to you know to John Wall, who's coming off an Achilles injury. Of course, you're going to have downgrades, and they just lost their coach. You know, in the off season, and the management has not been great. They have toxic. They have a toxic culture with Boogie Cousins being there, and he's trying. And he's trying to get out. He hasn't been happy since he was with Nola like four years ago, almost yeah. to this point. So, of course, there's going to be. There's of course Houston's going to have problems. And if you didn't see it coming, then you then you've been living under a rock. There's really nothing more to say about it. And the only the only real bright spot to the entire roster is Christian Wood has been one of the better power forwards in the, in the league. But again, a power forward isn't going, to, isn't going to necessarily lead your team unless you have a really good number two behind him. The Knicks are over 500. The Knicks are over over 500. We are transitioning to my favorite topic that I will ever talk about. For the first time in 27 years yeah. to this point, the New York Knicks are over 500. They usually, at this point, are below 500. We've seen it in the past with Melo. They ended up making the playoffs. They were they were an eight seed, lost to LeBron. You're either over, or you're under. In the ni- yeah, well, in, in the 90s when they when they had uh, Patrick Ewing, they they were at the same point. But this Knicks team is different than any other team that we have seen in recent history. And Jack, if you don't mind, I'm going to end up taking this for uh, for a little joyride spin. I got some numbers. I want. Right, I'm going to put you. On, I'm going to put you on a clock. So please do. So the New York Knicks. Are one game over oh, one game over five. They beat the Detroit Pistons last night to get up there. I just want to note note this this roster because this is something that the Knicks lost out on Kawhi. They were like, "Yep, we're gonna yep, we're gonna have Kawhi, we're gonna have Zion, we're gonna have KD, and we're gonna build the dynasty." And of course, their best their best uh, signing that that year was Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis. R.J. Barrett 
having a career season, building on something that he already had a decent year. His first year, he's grown tremendously. Alec Burks, a player who for the last four years has never averaged over 14 points a game. He's averaging upwards of 20. Kevin Knox finally figuring it out after two years of being a top 10 pick from, 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 from uh, Kentucky is finally figuring it out. Emmanuel Quickly, also, also from, from Kentucky, is leading guards, uh, rookie guards, in points per game, assists per game, steals per game. It is ridiculous. This team actually has playmakers, and Julius Randle is having, is having a career year all with first-round pick Obi Toppin basically doing less than Derrick Rose. Like the, the, this team somehow managed to do it, but of course we're gonna we're, we're gonna ask this: Will is it gonna last? And no, it's not gonna last. I think it will. I don't think it will. Stephen A. Smith said it best: "There's no way in hell the New York Knicks are going to achieve anything more than finishing tenth in the East. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're fourth right now." Thank you. Well, wherever the uh, Stephen A. S- uh, Smith gif is, the Knicks have got to stay off the weed because Knicks. Thank you. The weed. Because Knicks fans are in fantasy land, and it will not ever work in New York. We've we've seen it. Th- this story's happened every single time. Every New York team, the Knicks, the Jets, the Mets, the teams that aren't the Yankees or the Giants, the Winners, the Rangers, these teams fail and quickly. The Mets finish. The, the Mets are first in the NL East after April, and they're 20 games out out by June. What the Knicks are doing, they're only 15 and 14. It, it isn't like it isn't like they're going to be 27 and 14 in, in the next two weeks. Slow your roll, relax, and wait until they get into the bulk of their schedule. Considering they've played more teams under 500 this year than teams with winning records. Bing. Okay. Bang. You're done. Uh, the Knicks suck. Bottom line. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna last. I think this team's got a little. They got a little magic in them. Yeah, I saw. I saw a tweet on um, this morning when I woke up. That was uh, a picture of the 2013 Detroit Tigers, that had Max Scherzer, MVP Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, Justin Verlander. And it was like, how the hell did this team not win a World Series? And it was because of a bunch of dudes with long ass beards. From Boston, that's why. That that, that it, team was so good. It's though. just a mag- It's just magic. It was just a little bit of magic. There's no way on paper that the Red Sox should have beat the the Tigers in 2013. I think the Knicks got a little something something in them that's gonna make them go far. I think Derrick Rose looks happy. I think that Obi Toppin, while despite him not being the star of the team yet, I think that he offers a little bit of flair that the Knicks need. To get into the playoffs and maybe be a second round exit, but so, they're in there. It's a step in the right direction, and now we move on well, well, hold, to the Miami Heat. Hold on, I want to I want to uh, rebuttal, and actually, this relates to the Heat too. When the Heat made uh, it to the bubble and they and they ended up going far, it, their their success was, was really really was a product of the bubble to a degree. They're 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 jumping up now, but it, I'm not saying the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they might end up making making it as, a, as an eight seed. Look, the East is weak, and the East has been weak for the last six years. So there's certainly an opportunity, but if they end up making the playoffs, they're going to be a first-round sweep. Like it doesn't matter if they're the five seed through the eight seed. Through the eight seed, it's going to be even worse because you got because you got to play Philly. But if they're anything worse than the three seed, they're a first-round sweep, and it's easy. This team has the has one of the lowest defensive defensive efficiency ratings in the NBA. But over the stretch of of eight games where they've won uh, four, four uh, they've won five out of eight. 
They have one of the highest points per game percentages. But, they, but again, a lot of it came from beating who else? The Detroit Pistons, who's last or second to last, or actually not last in the East, second to last in the league. So a lot of the numbers aren't really, aren't supporting a case for them to really go far. I don't think it's going to end up working out. If they finish a seventh or, seventh or eighth seed, that's probably where they're going to be. The Miami Heat, six winners of six straight games. Goran Dragic is back after an ankle injury. He's kind of proven that, that he was the he was the reason that a Miami lost to the Lakers, considering they already bought him six games. And Dragic's injury was huge for them. After losing four straight games and I've won, I've now won six straight. Are the Heat back in the heat of the playoff push? You asking me? Well, they are. But I mean, of course they are because you just mentioned how weak the East is. Also, I'm looking at the 76ers right here. They look like they've lost five of their last. No, they look. They've lost five of their last nine. They haven't been hot. So you know, if if I'm a if I'm a Heat fan and if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm looking at you know maybe the maybe the Maybe the, 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 the spark that started off their season, the 76ers season, is starting to wear off a little bit. And that's something that you should take advantage of, especially if you're you know, a team like Miami, a team like Boston, that really needs, a, a really needs a, a, something to motivate them to, to make a push for mm-hmm. the playoffs. Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with... Uh, but when, but like when Miami or when Philadelphia loses an OT to the, to the Cavs, goddamn... But no, I, I, yeah, the Heat, the Heat are good, bro. Like, there's, they're the same team essentially that they had from last year, except that they traded uh, Derek Jones Jr. to uh, Portland. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, they got Miles Leonard, who's a, who's a solid backup to Bam. Bam's one of the best young power forward center duos in the league. You know, Jimmy Butler, hardest working player in the NBA, no cap. Tyler Hero, just a plug. And then Duncan Robinson, hmm. your D three white boy, who he just drills threes. He's the he, he he's the diamond. Look, look, the Heat are by far legit. Oh, yeah. I, I would argue that he actually might end up being the three seed because considering the Bucks are starting to fall off too. The Bucks are 20, 21 and thirteen. They've won their last five, but prior to that, lost five straight. So they've been. Uh, just, 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 just about hot that, as shaky cold, as a rusty wheel. Yes. Yeah. No. Like oh, the East is really hot and cold at this point. The Sixers uh, are, are on the same boat. The only team that's really showing out out right now is the Nets, who are who, who, who are eight and two over their last ten. And if it wasn't for forty two points from Luka Doncic, they probably w- would be nine and one at this point. So, yeah. the the Heat are by far a, a a considerable threat. And here's why: the injury to Goran Dragic was. Huge for them in the playoffs, as I mentioned. In my opinion, that he probably could have beaten the Lakers in the finals had they had Drogic and Adebayo both fully healthy. If you remember back then, uh, Drogic was out with the ankle injury that he actually had uh, from last week, as well as Adebayo was dealing was dealing with back stuff. So they didn't. So they were in full strength. Still bought the Lakers and probably the, and by far the best tandem in basketball to six games, LeBron and AD, as well as as them having a Red hot Alex Caruso, and now they're kind of starting to show that that their bubble success wasn't a fluke. It, it's it kind of went that way in the, uh, in the early goings. They started out uh, as the tenth seed in the East, and they really it wasn't very uh, promising considering the Raptors were were still rolling as well as the Pacers. Both teams have now fallen off to now be the seventh and seventh and ninth seeds. The Celtics are a shell of themselves, which we can get into uh, later if you would like. But the Heat are a 
force to be reckoned with. Don't be surprised if they end up uh, finishing as a top three seed in the East. Steve, you just contradicted yourself. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You said the East is way too weak and too flippity-flappity for anyone to make a, a solid projection. The Knicks are looking like they're a playoff team, and you just said they're they're in the poopers. The Knicks are go- the Knicks are going to fall off. Look, there are. And so, the, what, what's what's me to think that uh, Miami won't do the same? I mean, they're, because uh, Miami on paper has has the third strongest team, actually the fourth strongest team in the East, but with teams like the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Pacers all taking big nosedives all, all the last two weeks. I mean, with that being said, the Celtics have a top five team in the East on paper. Well, on paper, yeah, yeah, yeah but they're, they're not third. showing up. Yeah, they're they're seventeen and seventeen, my guy. But the Heat are showing up because the Heat the Heat are seventh in the NBA in points per game with Goran Dragic hurt. They're now third with him. So this team is growing on their offensive offensive momentum. They have eight guys within the top thirty five in in defensive rating. Nick so Martin, if you're listening, strong defensively. Nick Martin, if you're listening, go ahead text me right now what your projection is for the Miami Heat. To finish up, and then also, Steve, if you're going to contradict yourself... I'm not contradicting myself. You are contradicting yourself, because you just said that East is too unpredictable when you were talking about no, the I'm, New York Knicks. No, no, I'm saying the teams the teams in the East are too shaky, and and it's a weak conference. I'm not saying that they're, that they're the, unpredictable. That, essentially, what you're implying is that it is unpredictable. No, I'm just saying and now teams. And now you're telling me right now that the Miami Heat are looking... No, I'm not. I'm telling you what, you're, what, you're, what you said when you were talking about the New York Knicks. Zach, you are putting if words you are, on mouth. No, I'm not. I'm telling you what you were saying... When you were talking about the New York Knicks, you're saying that the East is too unpredictable for you to go ahead and make a solid assumption about a team. And when you say, oh, now Philadelphia looks like they're falling off because they've lost five of nine, and, and the Miami Heat, oh, they're, they're finally starting to figure it out, and they got Goran Dragic back, and on paper everything looks really good. Well, that's the same, Jack, that's the I same thing. I never said they're Hang unpredictable. On, yes, you did. You, you implied it when you said it's too shaky and, it's, and, you, and you can't tell me what, what team's going to finish where. When you were talking about the Knicks, I told you definitively: if the Knicks end up making the playoffs, they're going to be a, be a seventh or eighth seed. If they ha- if they somehow make it anywhere anywhere past three, they're a first round exit. That's literally what I said. Yeah, that is what you said. But and but when you what you were implying is that I wasn't the East, implying that. what you are implying is that the East is too unpredictable. And you also said that when you say when you said Milwaukee looks like they're starting to fall off because they've lost. What they despite winning five in a row, they just lost five. I will in a give row. you my definitive eight seeds for the East, and you can put this on paper right now, and this is what it will be. Can I write it in stone? Go right, yeah. Go ahead. The Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, the Bucks, the Raptors are going to finish what five? Yeah, so I, I, I'm at five. The Knicks are going at six. The Hornets are going to go at seven, and the, and the Pacers will be eighth. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to be. Okay, definitively. Okay. And what I'm saying, and and this is why I'm saying it, they're not unpredictable. The the, the, the top eight seeds in the East have been relatively the same in terms of trends in the last 10 years. The eighth seed has consistently been the same team over the last seven or eight years. It was, it was the Bucks for, for a long while, and now the Bucks have got Giannis and are relevant. The Sixers have been a top three team for the last four or five years. The Raptors have been a top team for the last three or four years. The Celtics are always a top three team every single year. And if they don't end up finishing third, they're very close at, at four or five. The Pacers have been consistently a top six team. So, so there is consistency. The problem is, is that there are too many downward trends for a lot of these teams, a lot of up and down. But you can still you can still very easily predict where these teams are going to end up. Well, yeah, when one team has the perennial MVP defensive player of the year, of course. And yet, and yet the Bucs are... Are slipping because they don't. They're showing that Chris Middleton really isn't a reliable number two. He really is a glorified number three. Yeah, they traded away 
They traded away their uh, their future for, for Drew Holiday. Yeah, I know. It's kind of ridiculous. We're going to f- uh, move on to our final segment of the NBA before we have to go to a commercial break. The LA Lakers, uh, I was fascinated by this. There was a story done uh, by ESPN LA discussing the, the future of the Lakers. Now, NBA champions, possibly NBA champions again if they end up going uh, back-to-back this year. They're certainly in the mix for it, according to most betting odds. They're, they're the second or second or third best team in order to, uh, that will end up getting it behind the Jazz and the Sixers. And now, in the, in within the next two years, they need to pay, pay just about everyone on their roster, LeBron James, AD, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, Alex Caruso, you name it, they got to pay him. So the financial future of the Lakers is in peril, considering that they're not going to have the money to afford all these guys with LeBron James opting out every other year to gain more money because the salary floor uh, keeps on growing. So, Jack, how long will the Lakers last? They'll go to the NBA Finals. There's no one in the West that could beat them. I'm not talking this year. I'm talking in the future. How long will this Lakers oh. dynasty last? Would you, would I you give it that? two years. Two or three years. I mean, I, I think that... The reason why I think it's going to end is because LeBron will eventually leave to go play with his son wherever his son gets drafted. That, 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 that's almost certain it's going to happen. Yeah, wherever, like that's, wherever Bronny goes, LeBron's, LeBron's out. LeBron's going there, too. That, I mean, that, that's been said. If it's Detroit, he's going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Actually, if maybe not. <laughs> if, if they have an expansion team go to Vancouver, LeBron will go there. Uh, the, the, pack, the, the matter of the fact is, is, you know, I, I don't, you know, yeah, LeBron James essentially signs one-year deals every single year, but he just signed a contract extension to stay there for three more years. Paul George just signed his contract extension to stay with uh, the Clippers for three more years. With opt-outs, though, every other year. So, really, the, uh, is that, never, did he really never. get opt-outs every other year? Uh, well, LeBron, LeBron has, I'm not sure about Paul George or Kawhi, which one he said. Uh, Paul George. Yeah. I, I, I don't uh, know actually, his, can uh, we look that up? Yeah. Uh, just, like, look up the contract details of LeBron. Yeah, I can and, everything. And Paul George. Just because, like, not not because I want to, I just want to see, like, what the details are there. Because, you know, Lebr- what, Bronny's, what, like, 16 now? 17? Uh, he's going to go into, he's going to go to college in two years, I think. And he's going to be a one and done. Yeah, so LeBron uh, is currently under contract right now, $39 million. And then next year, he, uh, he, he has an opt-out next year, if he would like. Uh, if he ends up opting out, he can get up to 15% more on his contract. That's crazy. And uh, actually, he he signed the contract back in 2018-19 uh, well, when he went the first year. So, so this is year three or four, and he had opt-outs in every year available. So LeBron's able to opt out and gain more money every single year. He, yeah, he, but that, he did on Miami. that's because he's LeBron James. He could demand his release tomorrow, and the Lakers would have to listen to him. I can, I can get you Paul George right now. Paul George is looking at uh, same thing. He's uh, he's had a uh, an opt-out after the 2019 season. He kept it. 2020 and now 2021, uh, he's able to opt out. So he has basically, basically the, essentially the exact same contract as uh, as LeBron, M- minus uh, uh, give or take a few million. Yeah, I mean, I would say you, I give the Lakers three more years. Realistically, I'm I'm only gonna give them give them give them one to two, and that, that's that, that's worth everything they have. Dennis Schroeder is up uh, at the end of the year as, as well as Montrezl Harrell, both of which were interesting financial uh, financial situations in and of itself, considering they. Uh, they traded for both, so where they go, they're gonna they're gonna have to keep they're gonna have to keep LeBron for as long as possible. AD is gonna become the focal point of the team once once LeBron leaves in two or three years when Bronny ends up uh, joining the league, and then whoever whoever's gonna really really stick around as the two and three. In my opinion, you can only really keep either Schroeder or Harrell 
Uh, there's only, there isn't really an option f- for both considering their uh, their skill set. Dennis Schroeder being the comeback player of the year and Harold being the sixth man of the year, both of which are going to demand some sort of money uh, in the coming year. So I'm going to give them one to two years as the exact same team that they are. One year if they end up having to get having to get rid of one, rid of one of them. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're playing the NFL QB carousel. We've got a little special segment, and then Steve plays a game. You're listening to 98.1 WQAQ. creative way to get the word out about your business while trying to appeal to a young group of college students? Well, look no further. WQAQ is Quinnipiac University's student-run radio station. Here at WQAQ, we allow businesses of all kinds to advertise their products and services to our dedicated listeners. All we ask is that you provide our production team with copy points for your desired ad, and we'll come up with a professional and fun radio spot that will play at least 20 times per day. That's 140 times per week and 1,800 times per month. WQAQ, the soundtrack of Of all the ethnic groups in the U.S., black Americans hold the highest infant mortality rate. Healthcare disparities are just one of so many issues in society affecting racial equality. QU's new club, Representation Matters, communicates the importance of diversity in all professional fields by addressing disparities in various areas of society. Future plans include webinars about disparities and educating children on the importance of representation. To get involved, Follow QU underscore rep matters to get in contact with the club's organizer. This is the soundtrack of Quinnipiac, 98.1 FM, the new WQAQ. Yeah. See the crib and ask who did I steal from? Price tags on making the world feel some. They don't have enough to satisfy a real one. Maverick Carter couldn't even get the deal done. Scared to come towards us, gotta run from us. Louisville, hush money for my young gunners. Rick Patino, I take them to strip clubs and casinos. Stack casinos, get all of you scratched like Primo. Worms, I just opened up a can of those. My mother had a flower shop, but I was Sandra's Rose. Two girls that I wrote like Indiana Jones. I make them walk together like I'm Amber Rose. Yeah. 98.1 WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac Jack Main. Steve McAvoy on the Mac and Main show in the morning. We're going to run through this NFL uh, QB carousel segment real fast because I, I don't want to be in here too much longer. I got you. Don't it's, worry. it's hot. It is very hot in there. It is hot in here. It's getting hot. I don't think here. Steve showered this morning. That doesn't help. Whoa. Whoa. I shower every morning. Rude. <laughs> well, Russell Wilson just added his name into the mix of QBs that could be finding a new home. Talk about a story. You know, Russell Wilson has been, well, we when he was a rookie, he was uh, an, a instant, a, an instant success thanks to the heels of the uh, Legion of Boom. We remember Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, uh, Byron Maxwell, and co. And now, yeah. and of course, Richard Sherman. And now he wants out, which is uh, sort of a an interesting mix, but... Here's the story, though. Because of the no-trade clause, and I hate the idea of the no-trade clause in in sports, and yet, and yet teams demand a trade, he said he only wants to go to four places. Chicago, New Orleans, Las Vegas, and Houston. Actually, I don't know if Houston's correct. I just kind of threw it in there because I know there's four teams. I'm pretty sure Houston is correct with the stipulation of Deshaun Watson leaving, obviously. Uh, yeah. So, Jack, it, 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 
What's the best? What's the best destination? Because all these kind of have their own uh, unique twists and turns. Here's my 100% biased opinion: New England. Oh my god. Yeah, Russell Wilson lost a Super Bowl to New England. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? New England's in the pooper. They're not making it back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. Russell Wilson is in his prime. He has had struggles remaining consistent throughout a season. He always balls out first five weeks of the season. Looks like MVP material. And then Seattle kind of falls into mediocrity. The best part about the Seattle Seahawks is DK. I'm so mad that New England did not draft him and decided he's, to draft. He's still a, beyond good. They decided to draft a car wreck in Nikhil Harry, <laughs> and I just feel like if you want to learn about if you if you're a dedicated professional and you carry yourself with the utmost pride and you want to get the most out of yourself as a football player, you go and you play for Bill and Belichick. I agree with you, and I think Bill Bill is a is a great option considering the uh, the history that he gave with Tom Brady, but he doesn't want to go to New England. So it's bizarre. I know it. It is strange, and and it's even equally as odd that, that like all the that, teams that he wants to go to are like bad teams. Not not necessarily. It's all. It's equally as weird though that no team really wants to go to New England either. No player wants to go. Deshaun Watson's uh, no trade clause listed uh, the Pats as a maybe. Not a, I not I a, not a definitive. I don't not as a definitive. I want to go there, and now Teddy Bridgewater is also is also saying I don't really want to go to New England if I end up getting dealt. So there's a lot of question marks to where the Pats are going to go, and we're going to assess that later on in the segment. But Chicago, New Orleans, Vegas, and Houston—they all have their ups. They all have their downs. Chicago is basically a dumpster fire with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Allen Robinson is in his last year of his con- is actually a free agent now. They're probably going to end up franchise tagging him. So if Allen Robinson is going to go anywhere, he might be inclined to stay if they end up get- getting a quarterback for him. They'll actually give him the ball. In New Orleans, Drew Brees' career seems to be kind of on pause, although he put a photo out on Instagram recently of him uh, pushing weight like, like on one of the uh, like sleds, saying, my career ain't done yet. So I don't know what Drew Brees is up to. He might be done, but if you match up Russell Wilson with Michael Thomas, that'll be a pretty uh, attractive bet. With Alvin Kamara, you're going to give him now the top top three top three wide receiver, despite uh, his poor injury riddled year this year, and who could be considered a top three running back, the number the number one pass catching running back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey. I think he would be it's, a great bet. It's kind of what he had in Seattle when Seattle was in their prime. A great defense, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, DeAndre, or not DeAndre Jordan. He's an NBA player. Uh, Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan, one of the best pass rushers, mm-hmm. underrated pass rusher. Uh, one of the best running backs. He had Marshawn Lynch. He gets Alvin Kamara. Well, Marshawn Lattimore and Cameron Jordan are on the Saints. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't on the Seattle team. I know. That's what I'm saying. If he goes to okay. Seattle, yeah. or if he goes to Nola. He gets kind of the same outline that he had when Seattle was in their prime. And really, if, if anything, if anything, it's upgrades. Considering he had Michael Be- uh, Michael Bennett as his number one uh, edge rusher with Bruce Irvin, he had uh, oh god, uh, Bobby Wagner. I totally blanked on the Bobby name. Bobby Wagner, who's one of the best middle linebackers in the game, still still he has him, but he doesn't really have he, he, he doesn't have the secondary anymore. He's getting upgrades at running back and wide receiver. But, so. but hang on, yeah, because because I got to finish here. I got to oh, finish thank here. You're rushing me. Um, well, no, you, you cut me off. Uh-uh. We'll play the tape back. God, you got that on replay for me? Anyway, um, 
when he was with when Seattle was in their prime, I'm talking strictly on offense, really. And I mean, like, yeah, the getting Cameron Jordan and getting Marshawn Lattimore and you know, um, and getting some of the other solid corners that they have out there, C.J. Gardner Johnson. You know, he's a, he's a respectable corner Same. in his in his own mind. You know, you also got you know Jared Cook. You've got Alvin Kamara. You've got Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. And then you've got a coach who loves running gadget plays. Taysom Hill, Mike, uh, Jameis Winston, gadget guys. Russell Wilson has, has, has a couple career touchdown catches. I mean, give me Russell Wilson on the Saints, and you're talking about potentially one of the most explosive offenses we've seen since maybe Peyton Manning in Denver, Tom Brady with Randy Moss in New England. And going, going back to your point with, uh, with going to... New Orleans, when he played back in Seattle, back in those championship years, he didn't really have a terrific offense. Marshawn Lynch was a great running back, but he wasn't a pass catcher. Their best wide receiver was Jermaine Curse and Golden Tate, who Golden Tate's been way past Doug his Baldwin. prime anyways. But Doug, Doug Baldwin didn't last. He he was injury-ridden, and he retired at 27. So they, they're not... You, getting Michael Thomas is by, is by far the upgrade. Chris Carson's probably the best running back he's ever had. And even no, then, Marshawn Lynch is the best running no, back. Chris Carson's the best. Oh my yeah. God! Did you just say yes. Chris Carson's the best running back? Yeah, Russell. Will- yes, because Chris Carson's a dual threat back. You get a pass catcher who, who's been his number one target from the backfield for the last three years. The yes. most dominant running back since 2013. Marshawn Lynch is was not. Ma- no. Oh no. My God, Steve. Oh my God! Dude, I can't Lynch even had, had look two good at you. Seasons in Seattle. I can't even look at you. He had like five amazing seasons in Seattle. Jack, I could pull up the numbers oh right now and tell you Marshawn Lynch was overrated. God, dude, he oh was my, a, he's going to the Hall of Fame, my guy. Dude, he was a power back who did nothing but run through guys. What for the two hell years. is Derrick Henry? You're telling me that Derrick Henry is far faster than Marshawn Lynch is. They're like the they're essentially the same powerful running back that you're just that you're talking about. Marshawn Lynch is it's not even close. Marshawn Lynch it had is a distant Mar- Marshawn Lynch place. has two career two career seasons with more than ten touchdowns. He's never had more than eight ever. Because Russell Wilson's a passing quarterback. Dude, no. Yes! Oh Steve. Oh my god. Chris Steve. Carson is better than Marshawn Lynch. And and again, the numbers show it. Put a poll out. Put a poll out. Chris Carson in the last three years has has had more than ten touchdowns. Three years. Because Marshall who Lynch else is, is going to get touchdowns on that offense besides D- DK Metcalf? Who's Tyler, been in the Tyler league? Lockett, who's finished, who's finished a top 12 receiver in the league all five years has been there. Put out DK a poll. Metcalf, who's also finished out a, a top poll. receiver. Put out a poll. Best running back that Russell Wilson had in Seattle. Everyone's going to tell you Marshawn Lynch. It's not Marshawn Lynch. It is, oh my and the goodness, numbers And the numbers also fully support Chris Carson anyways, considering he has more yards than Marshawn Lynch ever had. He has more yards per attempt, more touchdowns, more rushing yards. He has everything more. Then Marshawn Lynch. He's a better player. He's the better option. Bottom line. He's not. Ter- he's just, he's straight up, he's just not. In terms he's of. Just, you're just completely incorrect. But I'm, I'm going to actually did say that going to New Orleans might, might be a great upgrade, but honestly, Vegas might actually be the best option for him. I don't think so. I, they, have, they have a stronger. Well, go ahead, considering go ahead. the trade package that, that you'd have to give to in, in, in order to get Russell Wilson, you're probably going to have to give up one of your offensive linemen. Ryan Ramchick or uh, or uh, Tariq Armstrong, who are two of the better offensive, li- who are two of the best guards and uh, tackle respectively in the league. So you're going to have to trade one of them. So you're going to get a, a discounted offensive line to a degree. In Vegas, the big trade package they have the draft picks in order to get him, and you have you have a young Henry Ruggs, 
You have a really good tight end, Darren Waller. Your running back, so your running back is, is still sizable considering you have uh, Josh Jacobs. So really, you have the same offense, if not a little bit better and just younger. Because also Mike Thomas has to get paid soon. So you might have the better option going to going to Vegas. John Gruden is is is, is the the, 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 uh, the lesser coach, but <laughs> I very well think that you could definitely get a bit more value offensively for less of a price if you go to Vegas. The, 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 the Texans are fully out of it. Deshaun Watson put a tweet out saying that loyalty is everything. So I think this is gonna this is kind of a sign that he might end up staying with uh, with Houston, considering they don't like any sort of trade package. And I think Deshaun doesn't necessarily want to. Well, he wants to leave, but it, if it isn't going to be mutually beneficial, I don't think you will. So Houston's basically out, out then in this case. Here comes the numbers that Jeff's going to convince me that Marshall Lynch is better. <laughs> no, I don't have any numbers. I just texted like five people, and they all said, Steve, you need to go get your brain checked. Dude, th- dude, Chris Carson <laughs> is a more reliable running back. Oh, my God, Steve. Steve, stop. I will just, die on the hill. I will stop. die on the hill. Just stop, bro. You just had your Max Kellerman moment, bro. I would much rather, as a, a as an offensive coach, offensive minded as Pete Carroll is, I would much rather have a player who can catch the ball, catch the ball out of the backfield and run it, rather rather than a have to employ two guys to do to do two separate roles. And dude, Marshawn Lynch, the man isn't fast. Well, he's fast, but he isn't faster than Chris Carson. Chris Carson's got better hands. The only thing that the only they're they're two totally different running backs, but I'd rather have but one is better than the other. And and Jack, please tell me, every Super Bowl winning team, what's the running back situation there? Is it a power back or is it a pass catching back? Most recently, power backs. No. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt, New England Patriots. <laughs> you're, you're gonna tell me Legarrette Blunt was the number one was the number one running back on that team? Yeah. No, he wasn't. Wasn't James White? Was Shane Vereen? Shane Vereen was not the number one running back. That was like Jonas Gray. Shane Vereen and James White were, were the better options. They, they used LeGarrette Blunt nine times the whole season at the one-yard line. It's a, it was, Actually, LeGarrette Blunt led, the league, in, led the league in touchdowns in that, in that Seattle, in that uh, Atlanta Super Bowl season. You want to go with this past year, Ronald Jones, power back. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, power back. Catching back. They both kept the football very, very well finished. Top 10. So did Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch had receptions. Not many. I he still he could still go out and get some. He had, uh, he had over two hundred career reception. He has over two hundred career receptions, which is I would say he's got nine career touchdown receptions. All with most of them with Seattle. So Chris Carson here. Let's uh, delve a little deeper into the numbers. Okay, but also Marshawn Lynch is a five-time Pro Bowler. Chris Carson and is an All-Pro running back. And he's on the Hall of Fame 2010s team. Chris Carson doesn't have an accolade to his name. Because he's only because he's only played four years in the league. And, but wi- he's in, a- within Marshawn Lynch's first four years in the league, he was already a Pro Bowler. Chris Carson With has had Buffalo. Chris Carson has had back to back one thousand yard rushing seasons, ten touchdowns. Okay. He, he's averaging forty pass catches a, a year, which ranks top five only behind Kamara, uh, McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch, first two years in the league, rushed for over, rushed for over a thousand yards both his first two seasons. Okay. Led the league in touchdown rushing touchdowns 2013 and 2014. Was the best running back in football from 2011 to 2014. Has a down year. It gets hurt in 2015. Retires. Right. Goes and plays for Oakland for two seasons. No one's counting his Oakland years as as like beast mode. Marshawn Lynch. No, the, those weren't him anyways. But. 
Those were him washed up and old. Yeah, that's him washed up and old. But he was he was still the best running back in football from 2011 to 2014, actually, and I, it's not even close. I love this. There's actually um, a I didn't know Pro Football Reference did this. They have uh, similar players that were like him in those certain years uh, in those certain years of his career. Let me just read you some of the players that he was uh, like. Donnie Anderson, Matt Forte, a couple of years where he was uh, equated to Jerome Bettis, so terrific for him. But like Wilbur Jackson, Carl Garrett, guys who aren't relevant in any degree. Chris Carson, let's let's see if they even have those up considering he's only been in the year four, year, uh, four years. They don't actually have uh, anything for him considering he, I think it's for only, for only retired players. But I, but give me the player who they could use in multiple situations, Chris Carson, over Marshawn Lynch. I'm not having the, the, this debate any further. Steve, I, Steve, go ahead and put a pull out on Twitter. Steve, you just, you're just so incorrect. Like I don't even know how to respond to this. Do you think Chris Carson is going to get resigned? Yeah. Well, uh, you shouldn't pay running backs. That's that's the first thing. Like like the Giants' biggest mistake, and this isn't a. Uh, I, I love Saquon Barkley, but for the needs, the, the, for the for the needs they had, it wasn't worth getting getting taking Saquon Barkley. It's just second overall. When draft. when Chris Carson doesn't get re-signed, or when Marshawn Lynch makes the Hall of Fame, because running backs don't get re-signed. Running backs are are um, running backs get re-signed all the time, bro. It's happening more and more. Ezekiel Elliott just got his bag. Le'Veon Bell n- never got it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh my God, bro, he signed with the Jets. For two, he signed a f- for two effing years, dude. No, you no, know, he got cut after two years, but he signed a four-year contract. And he sucked ass. That doesn't mean that he didn't get paid. He barely got paid. He got paid. Thirty million dollars. That that ain't getting paid. He got paid. Running back. He still got his bag. He dude. still got his bag. Ezekiel Elliott got his bag. Marshawn Lynch got his bag. Dude, Saquon Barkley will one hundred percent get his bag. Why wouldn't he? He's gonna walk. Why would why wouldn't he get his bag though? He's gonna get his bag somewhere. Because running backs are are replaceable. Run, the running back position has a the shortest lifespan in the NFL, and b they don't get re-signed nearly as often as actual players who need it. Wide receivers, quarterbacks, offensive linemen. The the running back is the is the most replaceable pull position on the field, by far. Players don't last more than four years on a team unless in the very rare instance like you are a Ladanian Tomlinson or a Jerome Bettis or a Barry Sanders. I want you to say definitively right now, I want you to tell everyone listening in and everyone who I'm going to clip this tweet. This, I think this Chris Carson can have a better career than, than Marshawn Lynch to, down the stretch. Do you think Chris Carson is the best running back Russell Wilson ever had in Seattle? Yes. You heard it here first, ladies and, and gentlemen. Nope. Yeah. Wow, is he wrong, <laughs> Kevin Perez? <laughs> and, Ke- and Kevin Perez thinks every year the Giants are, gonna, are, are, are going to uh, make the playoffs. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. Yes, but you're just—it's just like the same people who the, the, you're just so incorrect. Who, it's the comical. same people who think I'm wrong are also the guys who believe in Daniel Jones at this point for, for the Giants. And also, he's a train wreck too. And also, like the fantasy champions of of Quinnipiac, Mike and Dan Kagan. Oh yeah, fantasy champions. Cool. That the. What an accolade. <laughs> no offense to them. Look, I, I, I love all these guys, but you, like, the, the, the reality is... The reality is one guy's is, a Hall of Famer, the other guy has been a backup for most of his career. Yet? No, but he was on the Hall of Fame 2010s team. He has to be retired for five years. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I, Beast I, mode. I'm not denying he won't be. 
The, 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 he had seven 1,000 yard rushing seasons. That's great. Which means he is the best running back Russell Wilson ever had. But he, but 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 Wilson's had Chris Carson now for four years, and he had two 1,000 yard rushing seasons. Has had ten touchdowns all of those years, more all of the, all of those years. He had 700 yards yards last year, but was out for eight weeks. So he was on pace to to smash all all of his numbers, anyways. Chris Carson can very well ha- have a much better career than Marshawn Lynch oh has. Dude, my God, he, he 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 was on pace for his third straight thousand yard rushing season. That's the same amount just as Marshawn Lynch would have had you, in in Seattle. You just cannot, dude. I need to. I need to. I, we are gonna take a break. I can't even cap with this right now. We are listening to ninety eight point one WQAQ. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here, and the microphones, and they wanna know, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, a fresh cool young loo, trying to cash his microphone, check 212, wanna believe my own hype, but it's too untrue, the world brought me to my knees, what if you brung you, did you improve on the design, did you do something new, where your name in on the guest list, who brung you, you, the more famous person you come through, and the sexy lady next to you, you come too, and then the hitman, standing outside of heaven, waiting for God to come and get me, I'm too uncouth, unschooled to the rules, and too gumshoe, too much of a newcomer, and too uncool, like shadow in the veil, I battle with it well, though I need a holiday like lady who sung blue, go back, whatever you did, you undo, heavy as heaven, the devil on me, two tons too, if ha, you ha, are ha, what ha, you ha, say ha, you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here, and the microphones, and they wanna know, oh, 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 yeah, and you better wear your shades, Spotlights here can burn holes through the stage Down through the basement past the Indian graves Where the dinosaurs laid and out through China Nearly misses airliners magnified times five That's pointed at the rhyme of ricochets off the moon And sets the forest blaze Now that's important to say Cause even with all that, most of us don't want it to fade Duh. We wanted to braid, meaning we wanted to grow, meaning we wanted to stay. Like the governor called and he told him to wait Unstrap him from the chair and put him back in his cage the audience ain't phased And they ain't gonna clap And they ain't gonna praise They want everything back That they pay Cause they've been waiting since 10 To see the lights get dim If you are what you say you are A superstar Don't have no fear The crowd is here And the lights are on And they wanna show Oh, oh, oh Yeah So show First chauffeur, come and take me away Cause I've been standing in this line for like five whole days Me and security ain't getting along And when I got to the front, they told me all of the tickets were gone So just take me home where the mood is mellow When the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow When the light bulbs around my mirror don't flicker Everybody gets a nice autograph picture One for you and one for your sister Who had to work tonight but is an avid listener Every song's a favorite song and mics don't feedback All the reviewers say you need to go and see that and everybody claps cause everybody is pleased And then they all take the stage and stop performing for me Like ha 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 ha
Welcome back to the Mac and Main Show 98.1 WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac, Jack Main, Steve McAvoy in the studio for you. It's 11.15. We're getting into our last part of the day. You want to play the game? I'm honestly not happy right now. Steve's not happy. He he he's he's a little upset. Yeah, because yeah, because because I'm, I'm getting ridiculed for a take where Marshall Lynch has played 12 years in the league. Carson's played three, and Carson's on pace to smash his records, anyways, as a Seahawk. And he's a and, and he's a dual threat player. I will say, I will die on the hill and say that. I will say, only time will tell. That's that's. I mean, we're gonna put the matter to bed. But let's play a game. Sure. Let's play a game. It's called Guess Who I Am, and Steve before the show was touting his knowledge on the NHL and then also said you can go ahead and throw some I mean I know players uh, I'm not going to tell you who, who won <laughs> the, the 2012 Stanley Cup I honestly can't tell you that I honestly couldn't tell you either was it well I know Boston won 2011 did <laughs> well, we aren't going <laughs> did like Toronto win 2012 Dude, I, 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 have, I have no I clue have no idea. what do you think about the Rangers right now well, they have no uh, they have no defense, uh, considering Tony D'Angelo's gone because he's a racist, and uh, and they're stuck with Jack Johnson, who they're going there can only be one good Jack Johnson, and then the, that's the uh, singer. So, yeah, I mean that's that's fair, that's fair. I mean, I, here's the thing: I don't know too much about the uh, NHL. So, here's how the game works: I got ten players, ten athletes on a the card. They're all current, uh, active. American athletes. Uh, it progressively gets harder as the list goes down. Mm-hmm. You good? Yeah. You ready to rock? Okay. First player. I'm going to give you the sport and then it's their accolades. you got to tell me exactly exactly who it is. We might oh, have, I might have to adjust some of these as we go because I don't know how much detail I gave. Oh, jeez. First one, I play in the NBA. <laughs> I'm a two-time champion, two-time finals MVP. I played for three years. And I've also won a league MVP. Who am I? Kawhi Leonard? No. Hasn't, hasn't he won two rings? He two, has. Two finals MVPs? He also has, yes. Hold on, so what's the last what's the last number they what's the last number there? He's won a league MVP. <laughs> two titles, two finals MVPs, MVP. I can give you the year that he started in the league. It's not James Harden, because he's never won a uh, a ring. Did Kevin Durant win two finals MVPs? Is that your final guess? I don't think he did. Oh God! Wow. We're, we're already we're already starting <laughs> on, on the wrong foot. Is it KD? Yeah. Okay. It wow. is KD. Jeez. Okay. Second player. So you got your one for one. <laughs> kind one of. For one. Kind of. You're like you're like half. For Modified one, point, one for one. Point five for one. <laughs> hey, look, it, it rounds up. Half, half credit works. Uh, NHL. I'm a one-time champion, a 12-time All-Star, a Ross Award winner, and a nine-time Richard Award winner. Who am I? Richter Award winner? Wow, this shows how, how little you know about hockey. Uh, 12-time All-Star? Mm-hmm. One-time champion? Mm-hmm. Ovi. Yeah. That was easy. There we go. It's, I'm, it's only going to get harder, though. Great. Third player. I was just traded. This is MLB, by the way. I'm a four. I'm a four-time All-Star. MLB. Yes. Okay. I'm a four-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He's he's googling right now. I know. He's typing away. No, I'm, I'm texting him about this uh this this Carson debate. Because <laughs> I'm getting word now that that Chris Carson a very well could be better than Marshawn Lynch and 
the historic, uh, the, the history of We're not talking Seattle about running backs is, is very thin, considering Sean Alexander is the only other person who's relevant. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just traded. I'm a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner and a four-time All-Star. Who am I? There's one more. What, what, what do you mean there's one more? <laughs> there's one more accolade, but that it'll kind of give it away. He, he was just recently traded? Yeah. Mookie Betts? No. Two-time All-Star. Only, only two times. Four times. Sorry, my bad. Oh. <laughs> and a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. That's what I meant to say. And he, was just, tra- and he was just traded. Mookie Betts was traded a year ago. This guy has oh, not played on Oh, it's more relevant. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, wow. Who was recently traded? That, that was a... That was big time in it in the MLB. This is gonna be embarrassing if I if I get this wrong. I feel. Hmm. Francisco Lindor. Yes. I actually had to think. That's bad. Correct. <laughs> and it's only gonna get harder. Hmm. This is like, I it think could, this is like the last of the easy ones, and then it gets pretty hard. It could be worse. I I did ask you NASCAR <laughs> drivers or country singers, so. Mm-hmm. NFL. Okay. Two-time champion, six-time Pro Bowler. Who am I? It's all I'm getting. It's all you're getting. It's it's really all you need. It's all I'm getting. Two-time champion. Because if you think about the the recent NFL champions, it's been three main the three main guys in the AFC, and then a couple of NFC guys sprinkled in there. Yeah, but there's like but but there's like 53 guys in the roster, so so it could be really anybody if it wasn't <laughs> like. Finals, finals, uh, not, final, not finals, Super Bowl MVP. Right, probably well, I'll tell you right now, they, bigger, they, but. they play offense. So, like, it, it won't be like Dante Hightower, who's, okay. who's like a pro bowler and also a six time pro bowler, two time champion. How recent, like, within like, the last like certain number of years? I mean, he's he's active. Oh, he's active. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone on this list is, is an active professional athlete. <laughs> You're not going to get the next one, by the way. So, it's, it can't be a quarterback. In the last uh, few years, considering uh, Pat Mahomes only has one ring, can't be Brady, obviously, because he has way, way more than, than, than two rings. Uh oh, and he plays offense. Could it be a running back or a wide receiver. Let's, let's think of the running backs who have uh, who have made it. If you look at who Brady had, James White won two rings. Three rings. Oh, so then that also takes out Julian Edelman then. Wait, no, 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 no. He, he's won two rings. Yeah, right? James White has won two rings, yeah. Has Julian Edelman won only two rings? Three. Three? Damn. <laughs> Not a Pro Bowler. Re- he's, never been the, he's never been to the Pro Bowl? Never. Really? Yeah. That's sad. Julian, Julian Edelman at least deserves some credit, even though he only really runs slant routes. Total, total sidebar. Did Wes Walker make pro, make any Pro Bowls? Yeah. God, Julian Julian Edelman gets no love. He gets snubbed. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a Hall of Famer though. Is it Russell Wilson? It is not. Russell Wilson's a one time champion. Damn, you're right. My God. I, all right, I don't know this. You're really giving up? Yeah, I don't know. Big Ben. Ah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Those are those are old Super Bowls though. They are. Those are real they're, old Super Bowls. They're Super Bowls I, though. <laughs> I was thinking last like. Uh, like eight years, six years. That's rough. Okay. Okay. Number five. You will not get this. All right, I will accept the first name. I will accept the first name. First name is three letters. American athlete. Olympic silver medalist in the marathon. <laughs> and Boston City Marathon champion. Dude. 
No. <laughs> More people watch a dog show than they watch the New York City Marathon. Boston City Marathon. Whatever. And it's also the most famous marathon in America. Even worse. Um, Dude, you are disrespectful today. I can't believe this. You're telling me that, that like, do you tune in to watch the marathon? Yeah, of course I do, because I'm a Boston fan. Okay, I, I'm a New York fan. I don't, I don't get out of bed to watch the New York City Marathon. I'm also a runner, a okay. former, former runner. Yeah, I, and, and I, I care about it. I was a two-year two sprinter. I, I don't also watch uh, every Olympic uh, sprint, only the important ones. Yeah, it's only because yeah, I, no, I'm, ne I'm, I'm never going to get this. Meb. Meb? Meb Kalijabai. <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. He's an American, though. He's he? the first American to win the Boston City Marathon when he won it in 2014. Interesting. Boston City Marathon is the most famous marathon in America. Okay. I can imagine. NHL. Three-time champion. Two-time Smythe Award winner. Eight-time All-Star. Smythe, so it's a goalie. Sweet, right? Uh, no, Richter's a goalie. No. I'm stupid. Con Smythe? No, he's a forward. I don't know the awards uh, very well in hockey. I just know I just know they exist. Read the numbers again. Three-time champion. Yep. Two-time Smythe Award winner. Mm -hmm. Eight-time All-Star. Offensive or defense? Let me look that up. <laughs> oh, man. I think they're offense. You think they're offense? Yeah. Three-time champion? Uh, he is a center, whatever that Fiddy means. Fiddy Crosby. Yes. Boom. Barely. No, I I was there. <laughs> okay, NBA. All right, this is, this is a little more up the wagon. Maybe. Three-time three NBA champion. He has played for six teams, <laughs> and over his career, he averages eight points per game and five rebounds. <laughs> so he's a role player. With three rings. Oh, man. Well, that, all right, so fun, fun fact. There are a lot of players that have uh, a, a, a lot of rings but did, didn't really contribute. If you remember, uh, Brian Scalabrini has a couple with the Celtics. Um, James Jones is a really interesting player because he was on every uh, LeBron team throughout the Heat days and with the Cavs. So, 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 so he, he, he was a big uh, proponent, but he isn't a three-time champion. Well, um, no, he, he doesn't average the numbers. Eight points per game, five rebounds. He's played for six teams, three-time champion. Uh, when's his most recent ring? If I tell you, it's going to give it away. Will it, though? Yes. Has won three rings. I'll give you a position. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, forward center. Forward center. He had he may may have played during the Warriors era. It's not Zaza because he wasn't there the whole time. Can't be Andrew Bogut. It's a good guess though. I like yeah. Bogut. I like Bogut as a guess. Kavon Looney probably not. Uh he couldn't have played for the Cavs because the Cavs only really won one. Um, you, ooh, I'm gonna go Serge Ibaka. Incorrect. I know. I, I know he's won a handful with uh, with the Raptors and with um, teams in the past. You just tell me when you give up. So the uh, so you said so you, so you said oh. it was a good guess saying Andrew Bogut. Yeah. So he was around the Warriors era, maybe. 
I feel like Draymond had to have averaged more than eight points per game in five boards. Is it Draymond? No. I, I was gonna say he Draymond has, hasn't played for six teams. Oh damn! Oh, wow, that was that 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 one actually threw th- threw is thrown for a spin. Because I, t- I totally forgot to even uh, All right. think of that. I'm giving you one more guess. <laughs> uh, he was a forward center. Couldn't have been. No Cavs player played for that many teams. No Warriors player played played for that many. For that matter. Can I? I'll give you one final hint. He's played for both those teams. Really? Yeah. Javale McGee. Javale Muggy. Damn! I should have guessed that one. Okay. Yep. So that's like kind of a point. You, you you worked your way to an answer there. You worked your way to an answer. And of course, if I told you his last ring, you would have been wrong, or you would you would have gotten it right away. Yeah, he won, okay, he won yeah. last year. So, MLB. Two-time All Star and a batting champion, as in led the league in batting average. Yeah, and has played for three teams over his career. Second baseman. How long has his career been? Two thousand. 13. DJ LeMayu. No. Second baseman? Second baseman. Played for three teams. Yep. And won a batting title. And won a batting title. I think DJ LeMayu might have won two batting titles. I think he's only ever won one. Yeah. He's a no, he's ba- won two. I think he's won two. He won one with Colorado and he won one last year. And he's a second baseman? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Wow. He has a, he has a couple spurts in the outfield, though. Yeah, he's a two-time batting title. LeMayu? Yeah. That's impressive. Good for him. Yeah, he won one with Colorado. He batted 348, and then this past year in the first of the season, he uh, he hit 364. <sighs> I'm thinking of recent batting champions, and I keep thinking Tim Anderson, but he didn't. Play, but he hasn't. He hasn't played with, played with three teams. Uh, played for multiple teams, but has two batting titles. Second baseman. Are you sure he's a second baseman? 100. percent Because I would say Jose Reyes, because he he's won he's won one or two. But he's a shortstop. His career began in 2011. He made his first appearances in 2011. And he's still active today. Yep. Second baseman across the MLB. And he's a two-time All-Star, if I didn't mention that. Oh, that, that, that's it? Just two, just, just two just times? Just a two-time All-Star, yeah. Huh. Man, wow. You you really are getting me on these. I feel bad for the listeners that have to like, hear me look like... Led the league in five hit. minutes. Led the league in hits. The year he won the batting title. Hmm. Is the first player since Jackie Robinson to lead the league in batting average and stolen bases. That kind so of that, that's kind of gonna give it away. Though. So he's fast too. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this. I'm thinking of like every second baseman who's who's active in the league, and I can't come up with an answer right now. Ugh. I'm gonna hate myself when you say that. When you say his name, say it. D. Strange Gordon. Oh. Two batting titles. One batting title. One. Two-time All-Star. Well, you said two batting titles. No, D. J. Lemayhu has two batting titles. He won a batting title. Yeah, that's impressive. 2015, he batted 333, stole 58 bags. Also led the league in caught stealing. <laughs> and that, that's to be expected. Yeah. <laughs> Which means he led the league in attempts as well. That has to mean. Okay. You ready? Yeah. For the second to last one? Yeah. Actually, we got, we got an extra one as well. 
NHL, mm-hmm. last year's goal scoring leader. Last year's goal scoring leader. Mm-hmm. He wait. What are the other? What are the other other? Uh, That's what I'm going to give you to start. Plays in the NHL. Yep. Last year's leading goal scorer, Leon Draisaitl. No. Hmm. No, because Draisaitl led an assist, I think. Connor McDavid. Nope. There was someone on on those Canadian teams because that 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 team was really good. They had one of the best. First lines because they had Drysdale, Yakupov on the right, and McDavid, and they were absolutely ridiculous. That the three of them actually went like t- oh, well, Yakupov got hurt, but they were projected to go top five in like all NH- all NHL fantasy drafts, like like one, three, and four. Like it was ridiculous. Last year's leading goal scorer in the NHL, Austin Matthews. Nope. Mm. Is he? Uh, all right. What's the next hint? Uh, next hint. Last year's leading goal scorer. The number one all-star. Number one in all-star voting. That's that's not going to give me anything. And if it isn't McDavid and it isn't Matthews, it has to be one of those like young studs. Richard Trophy Award winner. Richter. It's Richard. It's spelled Richard. Richard. Maybe. But the fact that you say you know the NHL and now we're coming in here and, and you don't know who last year's leading goal scorer was. Jack, can you can you tell me who won the Stanley Cup last year? Yeah. Who? Tampa Bay. Good. Thank you. Took a second there. Well, I it was between that and um, Montreal, but I knew Montreal that. hasn't made the playoffs in years. Yeah, I know, and I don't know why I was blanking on Montreal. Uh, leading goal scorer in the NHL, number one in the voting last year. It's got to be a centerman. And if he get, if he's a winger, the, the that's amazing. Patrick Kane? Nope. <sighs> this is ridiculous. Also led the league in power play goals and game winners. Wow. And was a Richard Award winner. Dude, I I don't know how I'm blanking here. Um. He's also played in the Stanley Cup. I I'd hope so. Because you got to be at least at least good enough to get you there. So if he's playing the Stanley Cup, then how recent was the Stanley Cup? Again, I'm gonna that's just gonna give it away. <laughs> David Pasternak didn't lead, didn't lead the league in goals. He was hurt too for part of the year. Mm. Mm. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> uh, so if, so all right. So if it can't be McDavid or. Or Matthews, and it isn't Drysdale. I could have swore that, that that he was up there in goals. Um, is it a winger or a centerman? Uh, winger, right winger. It was a winger. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Alsevechkin. I can tell you that much. Oh, uh, Nikita Kucherov. Nope. Jesus, really? And it was. <laughs> I don't know who was it. Can I give you one more hint? Yeah, sure. Um, hit me away. You said his name already. What? Yeah. What? Do you, how? Mm. <laughs> Was it really House of Eskin? Nope. Am I crazy? Nope. How did I already say his name? I didn't. Uh, I didn't say say anybody. I didn't guess. 
Uh, that's not true. Because you said his name and you didn't guess him. You made, you, you made a couple assumptions about him. Was it Yakupov from no. Uh, from the no? What the hell? Oh my god, dude! What? <laughs> Get out of here! Apparently, Rangers fans don't know anything about the NHL outside of the Rangers. Uh, I know enough. And clearly, you don't. If you don't know who last year's goal scorer champion was. All right, I don't watch the NHL like I do baseball, but I can. I but, don't either, but I can tell you who led the league in touchdowns. I can't even tell you that honestly. Seriously, I honestly can't tell. You. I, I cannot cannot tell you these these stat facts off the top of my head. Aaron Rodgers, forty-eight. Oh yeah, no, I couldn't could have told you that. But see, I still have a, a a a good NFL knowledge. I just can't can't tell you the, the, these like oddball numbers. The only reason why why I could t- tell you Deshaun Watson letting yards was because I was surprised. Okay, well you still haven't gotten this player yet, <sighs> and I'm and I'm and I'm loving this. Go ahead, Jack. What right is it? here, it is. Drum roll, please. Wait, you've already said his name. Are you sure you don't want to yeah, go back it, over? Yeah. Well, well, I clearly don't know who who you're actually um who it actually is. The number one all-star last year, led the, the leading goal scorer last year, the Richard Trophy Award winner, and played in a Stanley Cup. It is David Posternock. Damn. Wow. He was hurt, actually. And he's still, wow. I don't think he was hurt. Started, oh, I'm thinking of this here. He started on the IR. That's impressive. Good for him. Played in 70 games last year. He wasn't hurt. 48. 48 goals last year. Led the league. Wow. 20, sec- 20 who, power play goals. Who was second, do you know? Uh, I'd have to look. Could you look? Because now I'm curious. I guarantee you every name that I brought up had to have been somewhere in the top 10. Leaders. Let's see. Goals. Ovechkin was two. Yep. There you go. Okay. Ovechkin was actually tied for first, but Pasternak was the name I went for. <laughs> Damn it, Jack. Uh, who do you think? Who is the Toronto guy that you met? You named Matthews. Yes, he was. He was. He was third technically. Where's uh, McDavid on there? McDavid. If he if he even is there. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Thirty four. Tenth. How about Leon Draisaitl? Uh, fourth. Forty three. Yeah. Okay. So I probably I named you everyone in the top ten. <laughs> Except Probably. for David Poster. <laughs> except for David Poster. That's ridiculous. Uh, except for number one, the one that mattered. Okay. Hey, well, Ovi was tied, so I want half credit there. No, because you named, like, every single player. They tied. That's yeah, the but I gave you the other things that <laughs> also were, that also should have given it away. Okay. Right. Number 10, NFL. One-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro wide receiver. And the last hint is going to give it away. I just kind of want to see how far you can get with, with uh, just that. Say it, say it one more time. One-time All-Pro. Yeah. Three-time Pro Bowler. Last hint gives it away, but I'll tell you right now, he's never played in a Super Bowl. And he has been one of the more prominent wide receivers in our era. Michael Thomas? Nope. DeAndre Hopkins? Nope. How, how like how relevant is he now? Like in terms of the not terribly relevant. Oh, but, all right. But so he's still technically active. Okay. AJ Green? No. That's it. That's that's it. Oh, that's a solid. That's guess. a solid guess. Yeah. Well, the um the All Pro is uh, well actually n- 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 hasn't played in a Super Bowl is probably the uh the harder one in terms of figuring it out because the, the like the. There's such, a, there's such a limited amount of players that have played 
in the most recent Super Bowl, considering how often the Patriots were in it. Also, AJ Green has never made an All Pro. I didn't know that. I thought he would have. I thought he would have as well. I mean, he was consistently one of the best wide receivers in the league for quite some time. Yeah, for, in like the mid 2010s. Yeah, like, like, 20, like 20, 2011 to 2017, he was a Pro Bowler. Yeah. 16 games consistently. Didn't lead the league in anything. So he's a wide receiver who's been one All Pro, mm-hmm. but has never played in a Super Bowl. Never played in a Super Bowl. And the final hint is he caught it. What? The final hint. He caught it. Dude, what? Oh, the call? He caught it? I don't even remember calls. This is the most infamous playoff referee blunder. Referee blunder? Yeah. Was it a blank? A catch. Des Bryant? Yeah, he worked his way to an answer. It took him a second. He was an all-pro. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and A.J. Green wasn't. Wow, all right. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of crazy, huh? It is. That may be a little bit of a snub. I have one more bonus one for you. I think you already know who it is because you were looking at my um my computer. I actually didn't see it all. Okay, female. All okay. right. Soccer player. Megan Rapino. No. <laughs> <laughs> On that team, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two-time world champion and 108 <laughs> career goals. Carly Lloyd? No. <laughs> also, isn't she the isn't she the goalie? That's Hope Solo. Yeah, you're right. Carly Lloyd is a forward. See, I I I, I know some uh, some women's soccer. I knew Carly Lloyd was on that team. I didn't know if she was a goalie or not. How how relevant is she in terms of? Is she she's like relevant. T- she's relevant. She's, she's still an active player or a player on the roster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. How many career goals? Morgan would be mad at you. 108. 108? Is it Julie Ertz? Nope. Julie Ertz does not have that many goals. <laughs> yeah, like, I... This is, like, the number two next to Rapino. I'd be Wombat because he's retired. Mm-mm. What did I say? <sighs> Where's number 13? Oh, Alex Morgan. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought you retired. Nope. She's in there. She, uh, she was on maternity leave for a second. That explains it. <laughs> yeah. But she's active. 104 career goals is wild. Do you have anybody else? 108. That's it. Honestly, you struggled enough with that. I, I, I think I did okay. You get, yeah, yeah. I, you got Durant, Ovechkin, Lindor, didn't get Roethlisberger, didn't get Meb, got Sidney Crosby, didn't get JaVale McGee. All right, you kind of got JaVale McGee. I got I, I got. It took him. you a second. Did yeah. not get D. Gordon, did not get Pasternak, and it took you a second to get Des Bryant. So. Well, well. well. I'll get like a, a C plus on, on the test. All I'm saying is, is like when Jeopardy season rolls around for us, there's gonna be some. Uh, well, am I even gonna be even even be in in uh, Jeopardy because you have a hardcore beef right now with Chris Roush. I do have a hardcore beef with Chris Roush. I don't know. You know, it, it's all dependent. It's all dependent. Anyway, guys, that's gonna really wrap up the show today. Boy, what was this an eventful one? <laughs> this was an eventful show, guys. We are definitely going to be pulling clips from this. I still did better than Jack Mayne did on Country Singer versus NASCAR Driver. That's because I got a 50-50 shot. I was giving you, I was giving you well-known players that you should have known. Uh, Mab, Mab, I'll give you the, the, the look. I so so this whole thing sprouted because I, I I told Jack that I have a advanced knowledge of 
of hockey and sports that Jack doesn't necessarily know because when figuring out slow news weeks, when you're trying to figure out what to talk about and the big thing that's really happening that isn't the NBA, is the NHL, and Jack's like, no, we can't talk about it because we don't know it. I do know it. He, he, except that he doesn't, clearly. But I need to do some research. I can tell you players. I doubt, I doubt you can tell me the, top, the, the best player on each team. On which teams? On on every NHL team. Yeah. You, like, oh no, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you any of that. I, but you I, also couldn't tell me. You also couldn't tell me who the best running back in Seattle history is. Look, all I'm gonna say is that Chris Carson had two 1,000 yard rushing seasons. No, we're not going over this. He was year. on pace. We're not. to smash both of them in his third year. Marshall Lynch has only had, ever had four with Seattle. When talking about the history of Seattle running backs, the only other b- player who's been better than Marshall Lynch was Sean Alexander, obviously, because it's Sean Alexander. And what I'm saying is that Chris Carson, because he's a dual threat back, very well could end up being a better running back than Marshawn Lynch because, because, because the numbers dictate. Also, when it, when when Russell Wilson had had uh, Jermaine Curse and Doug Baldwin, he ran the ball more than he threw it anyways. So if the numbers are inflated, so be it. But Chris Carson very well could end up being better than Marshawn Lynch. That's the end of that topic. You're so incorrect, but whatever. We'll you will let it. We'll, we'll we'll let the we'll let the viewers decide when Steve gets. Maybe this clip might this clip might go viral. It might go viral. All right. When 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 I post, Marshawn Lynch is not better than Chris Carson on Twitter, and that's from Steve, not from me. Marshawn Lynch is arguably the greatest running back in the history of the Seattle Seahawks, folks. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Mac and Main. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Find our WordPress blog, which is in our Twitter bio. And then, as always, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify if you miss an episode. The fact that I put a poll out saying who's the better running back and Jack t- Jack liked from the Mac and Main Twitter account, Marshawn Lynch, is embarrassing. I didn't so like I didn't. I haven't even you, looked at Twitter. You did. I did not. It's voted. I didn't. Lynch. I haven't done anything. That's cap. I haven't, dude. You want to go on my phone right now? Nope. All right. Yep. We're gonna do this right now, folks. Be sure to tune into us next week, where we promise we will try to be better. So long, Steve, Jack, Steve. Anything? Lastly, uh, shout out to the PGA Tour for wearing red for Tiger. We love you, Tiger. You know what? Yep. That's our winner of the week. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Tiger. Get better soon, please. You're listening to 98.1 WQAQ. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to 98.1 WQAQ. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
Hey, it's Emma Spagnolo, General Manager of WQAQ. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to get the word out about your business while trying to appeal to a young group of college students? Well, look no further. WQAQ is Quinnipiac University's student-run radio station. Here at WQAQ, we allow businesses of all kinds to advertise their products and services to our dedicated listeners. All we ask is that you provide our production team with copy points for your desired ad, and we'll come up with a professional and fun radio spot that will play at least 20 times per day. That's 140 times per week. And 1,800 times per month. WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I'd like kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. Tomorrow? (laughs) Let's check with Mom. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak. Just make sure you have everything. Yep. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? 233 North Maple, please. It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking. Plus much more. It's all right in your naturehood. Best day ever. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. You're, you're listening. You're listening to 98.1 WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They say you're too quiet. There's something wrong. Shy asking you what's going on. Cause ooh, you were made beautifully. So just do what you do and be how you be. Don't change. Show them love 
Stronger in you.